Welcome to Beyond the Game, Wealth Mastery for Athletes. I'm your host, Chris Benson, joined by nine-year NFL vet, Alec Ogletree. Beyond the Game is a podcast where we will provide a playbook for financial growth, both on and off the field. Join us each week as we have an in-depth conversation with other professional athletes who've mastered the art of wealth creation. They're going to share their triumphs, setbacks, and maybe some lessons learned so you don't make the same mistakes. Join us. We think you're going to enjoy it. All right, guys. Today on Beyond the Game, we had Lily Abdomalik from Dynamic Speed and Agility right here in Marietta, Georgia. She is a strength conditioning speed coach in the Georgia area for a ton of pro athletes. She's trained some of the biggest names you know. She had some great lessons on entrepreneurship, but first, she told us that she thought she could kill a bear with her bare hands. Highly unlikely based on the size and stature of Lily. Uh, Number two, she taught us that you have to pay taxes to the IRS. Who knew? both personally and for her business. Great story there. And number three, she shared with us what she thought her best lesson was as an entrepreneur. She's built a really successful business. And I think those lessons are translatable across all aspects of business, whether you're just getting started or have an established one. So join us on this episode. I think you're gonna like it. Welcome to uh, Beyond the Game today. I'm Alec Ogletree, obviously, and we got Chris Benson as well. But today we got a special guest in uh, Lily. We appreciate you coming on and joining us today. We definitely wanted to get you on here because you have a lot of insight on, one, you own a gym. Well, you own a gym. You have a, a, a practice of training, right, at DSA, which is dynamic speed and agility. You've been there for a while. You've started from the ground up. Um, so, you know, that's a very commendable thing to do. Uh, I know it's hard. It's not easy as you we kind of talked before the show. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to have you on here to hopefully have you share some insight, share some stories of how you journeyed through this, how you continue to grow your brand and, and just build you know, your life around it. Me. I have a better first question, though. Okay. What's the biggest animal you could kill with your bare hands? That's that's the first question. You, here's the context. You you animal is going to kill you either way. Okay. So like like a house cat, but this is like a rabid house cat. It's going to smoke you. So the whatever animal you choose, you can't pick like a friendly animal because okay. that animal is going to kill you. When I asked Alec this question, Alec, do you remember what you started with? It was the stupidest answer I've ever heard. Do you remember? remember? I probably said like a lion or something. No, you said a whale. Yeah, a you whale. You said you were going to oh, yeah. kill a whale. I killed that whale. That whale will die. <laughs> so, Lily, this is always a fun one. Okay. You got to give me the animal and then what the strategy is. And there's no right or wrong answer. The fun part is the debate around it. And then we could talk about dynamic speed and agility. Okay. So, okay. I got the oh. animal. A bear. A black bear. All right. A black I mean, bear? Yeah. No, yeah, a bear. Why? Well, my strategy to get away is what I've heard is that bears can't, like, they're not very agile. They just, like, can only really run fast straight. I think that's an alligator. I'm pretty that's sure bears bear? run, like, 30 miles an hour. They do, but, but bear, they, I, I've heard that, Aren't too. you supposed to, like, zigzag when yeah. you're being chased by a bear? Yeah. No, I'm going to Google that right this now. This is a real I'm pretty thing. Sure that's an so alligator. I feel like, one, I'll get away because I'm just going to be, like, super agile. <laughs> but that's not... And but, then, wait, but that's not what the question if is. If I had that to is kill the question. it... She's getting away. I'm getting away. <laughs> hey, go fight the bear. I'm reading on the Black Bears Internet Center for Wildlife and Dangerment. Bears walk a shuffling gait, but they're quite agile and very quick. Wow. Wait, I you thought, have to kill this animal. Oh, so I would, if I had to kill the animal, what would I do? No. Can I have a weapon? Zero. I'd strangle bear. it. What, a With bear? My, I would strangle the bear. You, that's the stupid, that's worse <laughs> than the whale that, answer. I'm, I'm, put them balls on trying to strangle a bear, it's going to swipe you across the throat and cut your jugular immediately. But you told me I'm going to die anyway. No, no, that's the point. The animal is trying to kill you. You have to kill it first. But I have no weapon. That's why you got to pick the right animal and the best strategy. They put the I mean, paws on, Lily. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Alec told me. He's like, you see my hands? I'm like, Alec, it's a whale. Hey, like, they gave the whale's going to kill you. Crazy. I gave killed you two a bear. Of them. Better use them. <sighs> two I'd very entice, disappointing answers. I would entice the bear with, like, food. Get the bear's not interested. He's in a rage. 
The bear is, you just punched his cub in the face. He is, she, the mom is angry. These are, Alec, you and Lily have given the two worst answers to this question I've ever heard. A bear. The bear would just, no offense, Lily. The bear is going to kill you. All right. Now Not we can even. move back on to the career. Not All even. right. So to, to a real question. Okay. So where, where did you grow up? Like what, what's your background? How did you get into athletic training? I mean, so walk me through athlete as a kid. Um, you know, my parents really didn't put me in like organized sports like that. I was kind of one of those. I ran around in the streets, played games in the streets, you know, street hockey, soccer, you know, baseball. I was just like running around. I mean, not to say I tried to run track at school because my friends were running track or like I had some history and like dance and stuff like that, but not something that like I stuck to and like found like a good drive with it where I felt like I wanted to go play, you know, college sports or anything like that. Yeah. Um. So I grew up in St. Louis doing that. And then I went to the University of Florida where I got my degree in physiology and kinesiology had an internship in Atlanta, and I never turned back. Mm. Man, we just we, had two Gators on. That's where Mac went that's to. That's right. Those were the best. Right here. Hear we that, Alex? Something. <laughs> no, but uh, so when when did you start? I guess as far as your athletic training, like when did you start wanting to be? When did you? What did you? What happened to make you be like? I want to go into training. I want to go into, I, well, I guess you say you got the internship for, what do you say, kinesiology? Yeah. What you say? I mean, I wanted, I always knew I wanted to do something in sports. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if I was going to go like sports medicine or physical therapy. Um, I ended up with the internship here and I kind of got the best of both worlds. So I learned a little bit about the physical therapy aspect and just working with healthy athletes that were preparing for their seasons. Um, Mm -hmm. I loved it and I just kind of stayed with it, got hired on. Where where did that come from? Was it, were you like the caretaker as a kid of your brothers and sisters and friends? Like, or was medicine a path for you? Did you think like, hey, I'm going to be a doctor and this is just... Yeah, I think it was more just, I loved just the aspect of sports and Mm -hmm. how people can have the ability to move the way they do and kill bears with their bare hands. Yeah. Kill bears with their (laughs) bare hands. Um, but I mean, I just, I found it fascinating, like how somebody can run as fast as they can, you know, like Olympic speeds. And it's like, how does the body do that? Like, you know, not knowing anything that genetics plays a huge part in that, but, Mm -hmm. um, I just, I found it really cool to see athletes, you know, work and move the way they do. And, it just kept me interested. And, and that's so what I, drove you to the major. Yeah. I started, you know, physical therapy. It was great. But um, there was something about like working with athletes that really wanted to strive for something more. Mm. Um, and so I think like um, just, you know, the amount of intensity it took and their drive and their mindset was kind of what, what pushed me to keep going. Alec, like you with tennis the same thing yeah i mean now that i've i've always i grew up watching it obviously but um you know now that i started playing like i really found that like i said kind of that drive that intensity that that hunger that desire to win at all costs kind of like i did with football how that was for me and now that i'm sure it's a different challenge it is different challenge for you it, it, it's a great challenge, but like some of the some of the movements are like the exact same as like mm-hmm. what I did in football, and so I found it like I said I found it to be a lot easier, and I enjoyed it too. Obviously, um, while I keep playing, but uh, yeah. So, Lily, tell me this: so when you first started, I'm assuming you just started out with a first like maybe two or three guys, you're like, what, I got a training, I got, I want to train you or like what, like they reached out to you, they were, you were with somebody else. I was kind of like in the right position. You know, I, when I worked for the different companies I worked for, the second company, they were 
you know, servicing like athletes that were getting ready for combine training or like players that were preparing mm-hmm. in the off season to get ready for the season. And truthfully, I started training little kids. Um, but yeah. just to your point, like playing tennis compared to like how you were as a linebacker, it's kind of very similar moves. Yeah. And so I think I found my niche where it was like, you know, oh, I have the foundation of speed and agility and it kind of goes across the board for so many different so athletes and sports that it was kind of like, I'm not just having to like, you know, service one group of of athletes. I can really work with all different types, you mm-hmm. know, females, male. I mean, I, I had Olympic fencers this past year. <laughs> Who trains an Olympic fencer? <laughs> How do they train? <laughs> they just do the same thing, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not very different <laughs> conditioning. They're more like forward to back, all very linear. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's interesting, so. Did you have Did the little knife thing with them? No, no, they wouldn't let me, they wouldn't let me hold her. Is it called a rapier? What's it called? It's not called a sword. It's called something. Eh, I'll have to look yeah. that up later. So, Lily, first job out of school, you, you mentioned you're working with athletes already, prepping for combine, and, and that's across all sports, I'm assuming. Yeah, different different athletes, but um, I ended up working under like a Olympic track coach. Okay. So I was like learning a whole bunch from him. Um, he was working with like a couple guys that um, were preparing for the NFL Combine, um, and then shortly after, um, actually, a company called XBE Sports bought out. Um, that location. Okay. So then I kind of got grandfathered in as one of the trainers to train under um, Tony Villani. And that's where things started kind of like progressing for me in my career. Um, That's where I started really getting involved more with like NFL players. And we're talking about like linebackers like Takeo Spikes, running back Jamal Lewis. So it was like some of them old heads, you know. Um, And it was a different time. And I learned a whole lot from him and um, worked with basketball and tennis. Um, but then they relocated down to Florida. Oh, the and, whole facility. Yeah, his whole company. So it was kind of like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> How long were you there? Um, so from the, I got here into Atlanta about 2005 and probably about 2008, nine is when that transition was happening. Okay. Um, so and- then... I established my business. But why didn't you go with them? What kept you here? Um, You know, there were guys who were still training and I didn't want to leave them. Mm. And I enjoyed training them. So I was just like, well, I'll, you know, just keep working with you. Okay. And so then it kind of built up and I established my business, DSA training. um, And they kept training with me. And it, it literally started from like, you know, a couple guys. And it's grown you know, throughout the years. So, you know, 14 years later or so. It's incredible. So did you, growing up, were you entrepreneurial? Like from your parents or did you have that model? Or were you thinking about it when you were working for those companies? Because it's your first job out of school. Mm-hmm. Like, were you thinking like, I could do this. I'm going to open my own facility. Absolutely not. <laughs> when I was training, I was like seeing how um, Tony worked for himself and just being a business owner. My dad worked for himself. And I was like, Hell no, I don't know. Like, that's too much. Like, I just want to collect a check. I want to live a modest life, get married, and I'm going to be about my way. So none of this was in my plans. And yeah. It's funny how that stuff works out. I know. I wasn't planning on doing this at all. So company leaves. You're staying in Atlanta. How many guys? Literally, like five? Probably had like four guys. Okay, so they're saying, hey, Lily, we want you to stay. We'll pay you. And you're like, all right. Actually, I didn't charge one soul. And <laughs> I used their likeness to get high school kids to come train with me. So Takio and Jamal and Wayne Gandy, you know, he came out of Auburn. He was okay. an O-line, was in the league for like 16 years. I was training all of them for free. And I was like, well, I just want to show people that I'm training you guys and get the high school kids to come in and pay me. But what year was this? Social media wasn't as Mm-mm. big as it is now. No, you know, I had to go around, show the flyers, talk to coaches. I had to do it the Yeah, I had to do it a little differently. Like I had to really be like a salesperson and 
train train some of like the elite kids for free, the ones that I knew that were going to go to like UGA and and that's what I did. And I got everybody else to pay me. Wow. So schmucks like me, Alex, she she was showing me pictures of you saying, Chris, you can be like Alec Ogletree. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, the one. Yeah, that, I you, do that shit. Okay. Yeah, you were training for free up. and I was the one who had to write the check. <laughs> yeah. But, Good for you. I mean, like Takio, his last seven years in the league, he was training with me and, you know, I guess it paid off for him. Mm-hmm. Some other guys. So that's incredible. What a you cool get to story. play and, seven more years. Did you have a plan? Like what was when the first four guys were like, yeah, I'll stay with you. Was it, I'm going to do speed and agility. And is that all you do? Do you do strength and conditioning too? Or how do you, how does that break up? And for a guy who's kind of naive to it. Yeah. So I think like the whole program that it is now has developed over the years. So okay. when they first started, I was just doing speed, agility, footwork, you know, um, over the years, I think it's become very specific training now. So now you have your receivers doing specific stuff and your DBs and linebackers. And um, so it's it's become more specific. But back in the day, it was like, we're all doing four cone drills. We're all doing W drills. We're all going to run stadiums. And I don't care what position you play. The O-line are going to do just the same thing that the DBs did. Yeah. So I think they just wanted to be conditioned. You know, back in the day, I feel like the NFL uh, NFL camp was like, hey, y'all got 110s. And these are the times everybody got hit. Or, you know, we have gassers, sideline to sideline. These are the times you got to hit. And that was really it. Mm-hmm. But now it's a little, it's a little more specific. So it's grown over the years. So then um, I decided I was going to rent out a space from an existing gym. Where, where were you before that? Just Outside. like high school fields? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, Lily, so I guess my question is the when in that transition period, right? So, like, you're making money from under Tony, right? And mm-hmm. what was it called? XP Esports. XP Esports. So, you're, you're getting an income coming in at that time, right? Are you, like, saving it up to potentially start doing something on your own? Or you're, like, kind of... No, I had no idea. This all just kind of fell in my lap. So when they say we're like, look, um, we're transitioning, I was like, I I either got to like, you know, apply for other jobs or, you know, they, I I don't, I can't even explain what happened. It was just kind of like, yeah, it it just kind of fell in my lap. And so at that point, it was kind of like, you know, obviously I had some money from when I worked under somebody else, you know, just making my little salary that I had. But um, it was like, definitely, I really can't like had no money. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, rented out a space, didn't cost too much. Um, but you took that risk. I, I did take a risk, um, established a LLC, you know, sure. I didn't know to have a CPA for the first like two, three years of me owning my business. And the mm. amount of taxes that I ended up having, like I didn't pay taxes the first like three, at least three, four years. I, I, nobody all. taught me any of this stuff. So, you know, I realized I was like, oh, I have to pay taxes. And <laughs> I had to gather, try to do everything I could to Did get Did you get audited? Who told you? I think I event- eventually got like a CPA. I mean, I did it the worst way. I would pay myself. I would just write myself a check. You sure. know, and this is what I'm every time I needed some money, I had a trainer that kind of helped me on the side, mm-hmm. give him a check, you know, for his time. I had no idea what I was doing. You just learn, so, it, learn it all on your own. Oh, just as I went, right? Yeah, yeah. As um, you know. Wait, how did for you sure. find out about taxes? Like, was someone like, hey, Lily, did you file your tax return? And you're like, huh? Yeah, it was there like a moment like that? It was probably like a yeah, definitely just like a moment (laughs) where I realized, oh, I have to pay taxes on my business and for me personally on what I paid myself. Yeah, I had no idea. Good learning. How how old were you? Nobody ever told me. Was that when you like first start? How old were you at the time when you first started at this? Like you're in your twenties. You know. Okay. Yeah. I had I had no idea like from a business standpoint. Like yeah. what yeah. I had to do. Um, but you had asked me, like, how do things progress? 
it's funny because I always tell people, um, I just felt like I would be pushed into a corner and it was like I had to make a right turn or a left turn. Left turn mm-hmm. was, I right, you ain't going to do this no more. And the right turn was like, all right, you just got to keep on pushing. Mm-hmm. And so at the time of me leasing out of a small place, it was like $500 a month, maybe. Um, they got bought out by like a hospital. They were going to demolish spaces, yeah. all of it. And so then I went to another gym and I started leasing from them. Um, and then it was like, everything was like on four year mark. And then four years into the second location, I started getting more and more clients. The word started spreading around Atlanta. And, um, it was like one day I looked up and we were out on the field and there was like 40 guys out there. And I was Mm -hmm. like, how the hell did this just happen? You started with four. (laughs) Started with four. And then, um... They wanted to go up on my lease and it was kind of like, well, if I'm going to pay you guys this much, I might as well have a space of my own. So then I went into looking at spaces of my own. Um, And then one of the guys that I trained knew I was going to do that. And so he decided to invest in my, you know, vision of having a space of my own. And that Mm -hmm. ended up being where I am now into... DSA Sports in Marietta. So did you guys buy the building? No, we oh. didn't. Okay. That's what, you know, in hindsight, we should have done, right? Yeah. But it was Is it kinda... just a big industrial flex building or what? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was just a big warehouse and we leased it, you know, that we uh, leased the space out. Kind of didn't know what I was also getting into because mm-hmm. uh, that was like a new chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have the same responsibilities um, that I had in the other locations. Like I was renting out space from somebody. It was an existing gym. I didn't own it. You know, it was like, here's a thousand dollars a month and I get to go about my way. I didn't care about electricity or water or any other expenses that came with it. I didn't even have like a payroll system, you know, Mm -hmm. it was just super easy. And now you go into a building where you're leasing like a warehouse space from a landlord. And now it's like, oh, I really have to account for every cent that goes into this. Mm -hmm. Um, So just learning how to kind of allocate everything um, to make sure like, okay, did we not make money? Did we break even? Did I make a profit this month? What do I got to do next month? Because I was in the negative the month before. Mm -hmm. So stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It it's so interesting, and Alec, we we've talked about it a little bit entrepreneurially, but so many people just move; they just go forward, and then you look back and you have this business right without a plan, and and it's okay. I think a lot of people never do anything entrepreneurially because they're waiting because they they're like, oh, I don't know how that works, and like you said, you didn't know how anything worked, right? I mean, you weren't paying your own payroll taxes. Uh, for the business or for you initially. And and I there's so much value in just jumping in and trying it. And and you'll figure it out, right? You, because you have to. Right. Like you, you mentioned kind of getting backed up against the wall. Like that's the the ultimate entrepreneur's journey is you jump in, you're like, I think I'll figure this out. And then, you know, you, you take a step forward and you see what you can see there and you walk a little bit further and you see a little bit further yeah. and you just kind of keep moving down the line. For sure. I mean... Throughout the whole process, it's like now that I'm in year four in the space that I'm in now, it's like you look back and you're like, I would have done things differently. Mm. Hindsight, right? Yeah. You don't know that when you're doing it, but it just sets you up to be that much more um, knowledgeable for the future. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. the same thing will happen again. You'll do something and then five years will pass and you'll be like, in hindsight. (laughs) But it's just how it goes and you just keep pushing forward. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's super no, interesting. Sure. I, I think I'm, I'm always fascinated with people's journeys because there's there's so much you don't know until you're in it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for guys and gals listening to the podcast too, like people, you know, if, if, you're an F, if you're an athlete and you're looking to make that transition entrepreneurially, sometimes you just have to jump in and, you know, you figure out what you figure out along the way. Hopefully you can get some mentorship or somebody who can kind of put their arm around you and be like, hey, you should pay taxes on an annual yeah. basis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those kind yep. of things. But a lot of times it's just, it's just winging it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a great, there's a great analogy that 
somebody once told me is like the 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 journey of business is like driving on a foggy road. You can only see six feet in front of you, right? So you drive kind of slow, but as soon as you cross that new six feet, another six feet lights up, and then you just keep going. And then eventually, you know, you've you've completed your journey, you know, whatever that is, you know, yeah. you've mm-hmm. driven 100 miles or you built a business that you like or or you've made a bunch of money. But, you know, you can't ever see where the outcome is. You're just driving that next six feet in front of you. Right. And it's it's hard to get comfortable with that. At least for me, I'm, I'm a control person. It's hard to to just be like, yeah, I'll figure it out. Oh, I'm, I'm the same. There is no figuring out. I'm like, it, it's it's an interesting um, road to take especially when you're not sure as to what's coming in front of you and you feel like you have to take the reins and like control it. But you just got to also kind of leave it to happen the way it's supposed to happen too. Mm -hmm. So it works out. Yeah, that faith and that belief and just all of that combined. Because like you said, it's it's hard. I'm just hearing your story. it, It sounds so similar to like so many guys that like train like they hear one day then like you said all of a sudden they transition to doing something else well like and for instance our, like the team they just cut us now we we ain't got that check coming in no more so it's like okay what am I about to do now right like I can go do this I, I can go do that but you know you gotta find what you're passionate about and just hearing your story I can see why you stuck. You stuck in this in that field because of the the determination, the grind, the, everything that you send after. But I'm like, hey, are you doing it right there yourself? Just going through this business, this business adventure. Only you know yeah. when you're practicing with your gym and stuff. So no, that's that's. I, mean, I think for me too. Um, I don't like anybody telling me I can't do something, mm-hmm. and so I knew like that kind of came up a lot. Um, being in the business. And then just, I I also noticed like when something would be presented to me or if somebody was like, oh, you should do it this way or you, sh- you should go this direction. You got to definitely, I had to trust my instinct. Like I, there would be, if it was a strong no for me, it was a strong no and I wasn't going to do it. Like what, Lily? Like what, what did somebody bring um, to you that? Like... I don't know if if it's somebody tell it like, like it is. What's that? I said tell it like it is. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like a an example, but um, if somebody wanted me to run the business a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, that could have worked. You know, I'm not saying it can't work, but it was like something in would be in me would be like, nope, I'm gonna do it this way. And even if I'm wrong, I could at least say that I failed based on my own wrongs and not somebody else's wrongs. So that was like, you know, I guess you could say like, I'm a little headstrong in that sense that somebody will give me advice. Like even when I first started on my own, like my family was like, nah, that's not what you should do. Like you should go back to school. You should go work for somebody. And I was like, nope, I'm going to do this. I don't care if I have no money. This is what I'm going to (laughs) do. So for whatever reason... Um, so I think for me and it, you know, just even when it's like looking at locations and it was like, you should get this place. This, this is a good place. Nope. That's not it. Yeah. You know, even though it, it probably is a great space. There's something in me that's like, nope, there's something, you know, greater or a, a better situation. That's your gut. Yeah. That, that's what gut feel is, right? I, gut is just a collection of experiences that hopefully drives you in the right direction. I, I think that's what's talking to you, right? right. You're just like, ah, eh, that feels bad. Right. And Chris, so, did I you mean, just make that up? No, that's what it is. That like when you say like I'm I'm trusting my gut. That's your gut is just a collection yeah. of experiences. But I think even like further, to me, it's like I don't want to fail based on another mm-hmm. person's insight. Like mm-hmm. if I'm gonna fail, at least I could say I failed because I messed yeah. up. <laughs> I'd rather that, that was me. than you know somebody else. I feel like that's most people feel like that. Yeah. Especially especially just like you being like the owner and like just having that mindset like, no, this is this is my baby. Like, mm-hmm. I'm developing this from the ground up. So like yeah, you, you hear you hear other people's opinion and you take it for what it is. Just it's like like how to coach they would they would give us plenty of information, right? Like all we long on 
this opponent or whatever. They give us thousands of pieces of information. Like it's overload, right? But like how do you decipher like what you can take for yourself to help you go out there and perform the way you need it? Now granted they got all the answers. They got you can go right here, you can look it up and all this, but at the same time, like what what are you doing? It's a difference between what you said on this paper to going out there and experiencing it and seeing, okay, they running this play or this happened in this business. I didn't even see that. Like I might have glossed over that in the when I was reading about it or whatever. But it, you know, it kind of played out differently in the game. You know what I mean? So like I said, it's, I see the the, the the resemblance of it, the similarity of it for sure. Where where's the business today, Lily? So you you rent the space. It's your fourth year. How big is the space? Uh, so we're running about fifteen thousand eight hundred square foot facility. Okay. Um, great space. Um, like we have batting cages and a field area, and you know, nice weight room amenities with like hot tubs, cold tubs. Um, so we actually, you know, we're in a place where do we continue to lease? Mm. Do I look outside? Do I try to find a building to buy? Like we're kind of at a crossroads, you know. Um, do I just lease for a short, shorter term and then maybe buy later? Is so the lease up for expiration now or is it you're at almost at the year. term? Yeah. One more year. Um, so just kind of weighing out the options. Um, what's best moving forward? How, how many, just walk me through some of the numbers on the business. How many clients-ish? Oh my God. Ish? It, it, you know, it's it's so interesting with this business because it is very, it can be very seasonal, right? Sure. So, um, you know, from February to July, that's our high time. And we have like, I mean, hundreds of athletes that come through. And then during like that, you know, August, September, October-ish time, it kind of dies down. But we do have like hundreds of athletes that walk through those doors. And are um, you still training amateurs as well? Like high school kids? Yeah, I love, I mean, I'll go from middle school all the way to pros. Um, and I have trainers that work under me. How many, um, how many trainers in the business? So I have two strength trainers and two other speed agility trainers. Um, during the high time of the year with the NFL guys, um, I pretty much hire like DB coach, a receiver coach. Okay. Um, so was that? I'm going to send you my contract for the linebacker coach. I got you. You already got a job. Nah, They're I mean, the best though. You know, guys nah, who've I mean, trained with me, they kind of know what I do. Um, and then they help later on with like the skills work. But was yeah. it a hard transition, your first group of employees? Because then you become a manager too, right? You talk about infrastructure stuff in the business, right? Taxes, you know, how yeah. your building works. But then a whole nother level is managing people who think differently than you. It's your baby. It's your vision. Like, how was that transition for you? Um, managing people is probably the hardest aspect of the business. Mm. Um, but, you know, I've had to fire people. I've had to do that. That's not very fun. Um, but it's like you you have to make sure that you're in a, alignment with all these people, um, that they understand your vision um, that they work well with you. And so I think right now I have like a very good team, which I'm super thankful for. Um, so, you know, everybody kind of understands uh, their roles and, um, you know, what we need to do to continue to move forward. Because, you know, we do, we want to see DSA grow and um, be able to service more people and help the community and stuff like that. So you have to have a good team. and. So I'm thankful that we got there. So far, so good. Um, get out of line. Yeah, you know. Over it. <laughs> what What do you see as vision? So, like, what's the next five years for you? I mean, growth wise, obviously, you got to figure out the real estate piece. My yep. advice would always be buy the real estate. Absolutely. If, if you can find a model that works for you, try yes. to find a way to do that because 20 years from now, that real estate is going to be worth more than it is today. Absolutely. So that's always the end goal. Mm. Um, you know, as long as at least for this business. So just keeping it 100. Gyms don't have the highest financial upside um, as a business, right? Mm. Um, it just, it, they just don't. Mm. But 
there is a way, um, you know, through buying a building or land and kind of building where it's like, okay, there is that return when when you do buy. Mm-hmm. As long as you keep leasing, your money is going yourself. out. Yeah, it, yeah, it's just going out the window. Um, and it's like every time you do have a profit, it's like that money has to go right back into the business to continue functioning. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a revolving door. So it's harder to see a return in a gym business than other businesses, let alone a gym business that is specific towards certain demographics, right? So it's not like a LA fitness where they do memberships. Like we're very like skills, sports, it's different. So it's it's a little harder. Mm-hmm. But is is it a subscription model? Like if I'm if I'm an athlete, am I paying you monthly or is it per mm-hmm. session or what is, is it like? Hey, I so need you for four options. months. So different options. You know, because we have like middle school, high school groups, it's it's a little different than a you know pro athlete coming in for the off season. So we have monthly, we have packages um, for the athletes. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, but that revenue cycle, I mm-hmm. assume, is yeah up and down. Bumpy. I mean, thank God though, I've tapped into a side of the business where I'm going from one off season to the next off season to the next off season. Baseball, football. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I think sometimes in this business as trainers that want to do speed and agility, they get caught up in I'm going to make sure that I'm working with receivers. And it's like, well, that, what are you going to do the rest of the year? You know, how are you going to make your money? You know, un- unless maybe you do some like, you know, online stuff is always good, you know, tutorials. But you know, I get to work with soccer girls and, you know, baseball players and football players. So it's like you have to be able to broaden your horizons with athletes. You can't just think I'm going to only train soccer players or I'm only going to work with DBs. Um, And sometimes I think in the world of skills training and speed and agility, people get caught up with just a very narrow-minded path. Um, So you got to be able to be a little more (laughs) open-minded. Yeah. Is is it if you had to do it over again, would you what what would you have done differently? I, I won't, I guess, railroad that question. Like you, you you talk about through your experience, like hey, look back, I'd change this, I'd change that. What would you tell Lily when somebody says, hey, we're relocating, you got to go start your own thing? How how would you approached it differently? Um, I think for me, I really wouldn't change anything because each each segment that I've had to like go through, you know, in this journey, it's like, it taught me for the next thing. So I, there's no way I could have done what I do now without having gone through the lessons um, of, of just the process, right? Mm -hmm. I think for me, it would be just make sure you trust yourself. Don't second guess yourself, you know, like 25 year old Lil, um, I think it would just be like, think bigger. I think I I have also like, as I've gone through the process, I'm really big about like small steps, not really thinking bigger though. And I think it's okay to think bigger. Like mm-hmm. it's, don't be intimidated by um, a bigger dream or, or something like that. But what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, um, I think, you know, when I first started, it was just like, I'm just going to train. I'm just a trainer. Like, you know, that's all I want to do. Like, I'm not going to have my own place. I I don't want to, you know, Mm -hmm. and for whatever reason, it's like, no, like, it's okay if you want your own place. Like, it's okay to think bigger. Um, Even now today, it's like, you know, I think about like little baby steps, which is good. I'm all about like um, building blocks, right? They always say like, what kind of person are you? Are you the carpenter or the planter? Do you like to, you know, put the seeds in the soil and water them from time to time and see it grow? Or are you that carpenter that likes to build? Mm -hmm. And so I noticed like, I'm more of the carpenter. Like I'll take it one piece at a time. But I just feel like while I'm doing that, don't think on such a smaller scale, like always think bigger. Um, And I don't think I did that when I was younger. I don't know. I don't, I would, I think, I think, like you said, kind of you going through those, through those process, through those steps, it helped you like kind of grow and, and be able to think like, oh yeah, now I can, I can do this because I've, I've mastered this part of it, right? Like I've, 
masters, I know what to do when I'm trained. Like, so I got that piece. Like, that's like back in my second nature. Now it's like, okay, I go to this building. I'm learning about how to lease. Like, I'm learning about you know, how this works. Oh, I'm now, I wasn't responsible for that at the time, but now I'm responsible for it. So it's, it's kind of like you said, kind of those building blocks where like, to me, it's not that you're not thinking bigger. It's more like you, you're taking each step and mastering it. And then, but still, like I said, you still have a, a goal of like, now you're like, yeah, I want to have my own gym. Like, I want to. Yeah. It's been a process. It. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, even when I was leasing, I just felt like, oh, this is just it. Like, I'm just going to keep leasing. Yeah. You know, like, I didn't think for one moment, like, no, Lil, like, you can get bigger. You can own a building. It's more like for me, which I've been thankful for. And that's why I wouldn't change anything. It's like the steps is what has led me to get to a point of thinking bigger. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I kind of wish that I would have trusted myself a little more to think bigger a little earlier. Yeah. Um, I probably would have gotten through the process faster is what I'm saying. Yeah, Alec, mm-hmm. I, I agree with you that the process is important. Right. But yeah. I think you if you have a goal that you're working towards that might be a little bit bigger, or if you have a mentor or someone who can put their arm around you and help you step through those, you know, or uh, walk up those steps a little bit quicker. I think that's always the, that's always the thing. I, um, you know, we said on the episode uh, number four with, uh, or number five with, with Mac Brown, big deals and small deals are the same amount of work, right? Mm-hmm. You just make less money on small deals. And so you're going to spend your time whether you're a four-person training facility, you know, renting in the back of somebody's gym, or, you know, you got hundreds of pro athletes in a 16,000 square foot facility, you're still going to work 40 to 60 hours a week, right? Mm -hmm. One, you're probably going to make more money than the other. And in real estate, that's what we talk about, right? Big deals, small deals, we're spending the same energy. You're just going to make money on a bigger deal. And, And I think it's also helpful when you have someone who can help with that, who's done it and can say, hey, Lily, what about this? You know, what if we shot for that? You know, I think when you're building it internally, it's hard to look outside of what you have because there's nothing to see. You haven't seen it before. Right. I think that's always a, you know, the the mentorship thing when we talk with some of the guys about what they can do during their playing years, find those guys and gals who have the influence or who have done what they want to do and latch on. Because, you know, just like you, like, you know, people want to be with pro athletes, you know, and when they're playing... A guy like Alex, like, hey, I'm Alec Ogletree, anywhere in Georgia. If you're a Georgia fan, you know who he is. Right. And it opens a lot of doors. I think that's a big piece that a lot of guys miss the opportunity of. If they're going to go be entrepreneurial, we'll build those foundational blocks when people want to meet with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's a lot easier when you're a pro athlete than when you're just a guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a, a an interesting piece for all entrepreneurs is just those those blocks are... If you set your sights big, it's just build to something. Right. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it was like, and that's why I'm saying I I was kind of put into a corner. I was kind of forced to think to the next step where Mm -hmm. when I was there, I wasn't thinking of the next step. Like, what's the next big thing? Like, if I, if they had never gone up in their rent in the space I was at before, (laughs) I'd probably still be there. You know, I was, it was just content. I wasn't thinking bigger, like, no, Lil, like, you got to get out of here and do something bigger. And so that's why I'm saying I get in a corner and then it's like, oh, no, shit, I got to do something else. But you ain't afraid. You don't shut down. That's, that's, no, I can't that's, shut the, down. that's the key part to me is a lot of people just kind of, they, they hit a wall, they hit a brick, whatever, bump in the road is like, all right, I'm done. But I think that's like the difference between successful entrepreneurs and those who don't quite make it. Like for Mm -hmm. me, like say it's the dog inside of me. I refuse to fail and I refuse to go backwards. Um, (laughs) So it's like I always tell the guys in training, I'm like when we run sprints, right? Somebody will set the standard on a certain time in their sprint. I'm like, all right, the standard has been set. You're either going to meet it or you're going to exceed it, but nobody can go below it. I actually think I said that to you on the track one time. Yeah. We were on the track running (laughs) and we were getting around the curve and it was him and another guy. And I told the guys, I was like, yeah, y'all can like kind of like walk around the curve 
I started jogging and tree, I passed tree up. He's like, I thought you said we could walk. I was like, well, I started jogging. So you can either meet me or you can <laughs> stay behind me. But, you know, there is nothing else in between. I know what Alec did. He What'd started. you do? Took my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> I probably started walking, actually. <laughs> it, it depends on it. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a kind of another question. How do you deal with just and and seeing Alec interact with you and a lot of the other guys, they have a lot of respect for you. How do you how do you interact with guys who are elite uh, alpha males and you're in an environment that typically is not dominated by female people, right? I mean, just think of, you know, the guys that Alec are around 24-7 and guys like Alec. How do you manage that? You got to learn to humble their little asses. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think, um, I mean, like I said, I think there's a standard I set that it's like, this is what it is. And, you know, I, I like working out with the guys. So I think that helps. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just think uh, I have high expectations and I think they kind of can feel that energy. Um, was it always that way or did, was that earned for you? Because I, I'm just thinking about, you know, the first four guys, like now people come to you and there's an expectation because other people have said, hey, you know, Alec Ogletree calls and says, hey, you got to go train with Lily. That that means something. Was that always there? Um, I think a little bit, but I think, like I said, like I, I like to work out with the guys. So I think a lot of the guys are always saying, I think that pushes them. Mm. Like I'm over here running sprints with you. Like you can't possibly be any more tired than me. And she's you know? rounding you up. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that definitely helps. Yeah. Alec, how did you how did you interpret that? Like when you trained with Lily, what was what was the mind? I mean, did you think like, well, here's this I mean, little, little lady who's teaching me how to run sprints? Like, how did you think of it? Or be a linebacker? Yeah, be a linebacker. Yeah, I mean, literally, like, I had trained like with different people all over, like in multiple cases, multiple spots, right? And so, for me, it was just like a new opportunity to go in and kind of I've seen I've saw guys go in. Seen uh, videos and stuff at first, right? And kind of, I forgot who I reached out. I reached out to somebody, and was, oh, Alan, guy, you know, used to work for you. Actually, um, was seeing him there and stuff, and, and you know, kind of kept up with it. Never, I think at that time I was training somewhere in Buckhead when I first started looking, but I ended up leaving that place, and I was looking. I think this was what my. <sighs> Third to fourth year, of almost done, I guess, three, four years, probably like four years ago now, I guess. Um, and so I was looking for a place to train and, you know, I wanted to work on like speed, all that stuff. Like you say, you speed and agility and all that stuff like that, right? I wasn't really into like a lot of heavy lifting stuff like that because most of the places I used to go to but it was all like the Olympic lifts and kind of all that kind of stuff like that. And so I was like, man, I, I really just need to work on my speed, my movement, like being in the right position, you know, to change direction and all this stuff. And, you know, it, it worked out. And the, the fact that where I called it, I was like, hey, I want to come in. She was like, okay, come in. We, I think we started with a, a couple of private lessons at first. And I was like, okay. And then she was like, I have a group session with the other guys in the league and stuff. And then, so I came to that session. And I was like, you said, you saw how the guys were interacting with her. And it's kind of the work ethic, the, the standard that was set here. And I was like, man, I can, I, I like that. Like, that's, that's something that I needed at that time for, to help me, you know, continue my career. And playing, and so I was always grateful to be there, and just like I said, having a conversation with Billy, understanding her as a woman, as a entrepreneur, as a business owner, just as a person, you know, it it, uh, it meant everything. It meant a lot to me at the time, for sure. So, you know, like I say I'm always grateful for the time we spent training. Granted, I have retired, so. You know, I'm, I do I do do tennis now, so I, I 
will start coming back to do that. But, you know, y'all going to see me in a minute over one minute. I'm I hope you. so. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. Don't but, throw your um, back out, though. <laughs> 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 well, you know, I ain't, I'm not putting too much weight on it. It's just a little different. <laughs> I ain't got to bang with nobody. I ain't got to do none of that. So go chase this ball around and hit it. Great <laughs> so, sport. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So, like I said, it's, it was it was awesome. Like I said, getting to know her and just be around her. Like I said, see the how she just ran the business, how she how she trained everybody, she treated everybody the same, and everybody you know you can respect that. And the work speaks for itself, you know. So. Thanks. Good for you, Lily. That Appreciate it can't be easy. I, I mean, I'm I'm just envisioning thirty dudes in a room who are yeah. all Alec Ogletree's. Like that's intimidating. At least would be for me. I just yelled back. Yeah. I just yelled back. <laughs> yeah. Fair. I so I have I have one more question then I, I wanna I wanna hear more about like what you see with the guys and how they think about what's next. You know, because you know, if you train Alec years three through eight, you know, seven, eight, and nine, and Alex knowing that the the run's almost over, right? You know, he's got more time behind him than he does ahead of him. Um, but in the business side of things. What's the what's the one lesson that entrepreneurially you would tell somebody who's starting their own thing? It doesn't have to necessarily be fitness training, um, but what's that one lesson that you'd be like, look, make sure this? Um, I think for me, it's just, you know, obviously, if you're going in with like other people, making sure that you protect yourself, mm. um, your own assets, you know, um, I, I mean, I think that's, that's one of the, I've been, I've been good to, to say that like when I went into business, like everything's been protected, but I think a lot of people tend to, um, get into business with other people and, you know, whatever, you know, people think differently. People have a different end goal. You think one way things might change. Um, so I think it's just, um, you know, make sure that you protect yourself and your business and um, know like what what your end goal is um, at all times, you know, so. Yeah, partners. Yeah. It'll make or break, make or break, yeah. Yeah, and everybody has partners, you know, it, like very few times do you ever see like business people and it's just like one person owning this one thing, like, you, you're always going to have partners. Like sometimes there's 10 people in a group, you know, so just making sure that everybody's aligned. Yeah. Expectation, I think, is a huge part of it, right? That that whoever's in that partnership has the same expectation as what you're trying to accomplish because otherwise, I mean, that's true of everything, right? Relationships, you know, personal relationships, jobs. If your expectations aren't aligned, it's right. tough. It's really yeah. hard. Yeah. Is Is there something that you see kind of as a pattern you know, with Beyond the Game, we're trying to create a community for athletes to essentially say, hey, here's a group of people you can trust to learn from. And and you've worked with guys across all spans of of sports and careers and probably guys who've had longstanding careers, guys like Alec and guys who've been in the league a few years. What how are they thinking about the beyond part? Or or is that something maybe you don't you don't know? I mean, I much? definitely one thing about being, you know, a trainer of these guys, we we do have like you know, deep conversations after the workouts and, you know, what are you going to do? Are you can play one more year. If you don't play one more year. What are you going to do? Um, so I, I definitely see like there's guys who put their money in stocks, you know, different types of stocks. I'm not very good at stuff like that. And then there are guys that, you know, they come out, especially guys who may not have made that much money. And they're kind of like, I don't have no idea what I'm going to do. You mm -hmm. know, it's just trying to find their path. So I try to tell guys, like for me, like when we have these conversations, I think sometimes the guys get lost in this, in the aspect that this is what you do. You're an athlete. You play football, but this isn't who you are. This was just, you know, part of a path to get you to where you're supposed to be and in mm -hmm. your, pur your full purpose and what you're supposed to be doing. Um, Alec, for you, that's the Atlanta Open, baby. Just saying. Yeah. I'm here it's, for it. It's more like a resource, right? Mm -hmm. So football has become like a resource to set you up for the next step. Um, so I think getting them first to understand that aspect. 
Um, Because they do. Like a lot of guys kind of get lost with that identity of, I'm just a foot, you know, I'm a football player. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you're not going to play football when you're like, you know, 38, 40, you know? So it's just kind of trying to get them to understand this is a resource. Mm -hmm. This is a part of the journey, but it's not, you know, how you're really going to make your money. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, I mean, Jalen Brown made some money. So other than JV, <laughs> but, you know, for the most, for most guys. Right. So I think that's step one. But even Jalen Brown's got to figure out what to do with it. He's going right. to make money, but you, I've seen it. Right. I'm sure Alec has too. Your lifestyle can still outspend you. That's absolutely and right. Especially and in the world you guys live in. I mean, I have seen it. I have seen guys where they filed for bankruptcy and you'd be like, you made millions of dollars. Like where'd it go? Alec, um, tell her where it went. RC cars. <laughs> <laughs> so I called his wife, whose name is Alex, and said, Alex, what was the stupidest thing that Alec bought that you were upset about? And she didn't even hesitate. She's like, before he was drafted, we were in Arizona. We went to the mall and bought a $900 RC car. She's like, we didn't have anything. And he was, Alex, tell her, you were so pumped about it. You crashed it and broke it, but. Broke that thing in probably like two days. That shit was too fast, really. Oh, <laughs> and I, but couldn't, yeah. I couldn't control it that really well. <laughs> yeah, I like ran into the wall and like smashed. But I did. Like I love doing this stuff. Um, so I guess I, my my next question would be would be respectful of your time. You know, we appreciate you being here. But when you see those guys come in after being like cut or release or whatever happened, right? Like they're thinking about retiring or whatever. And they, they let me interrupt you for the longest though. I think guys hold on too long sometimes. Yeah. It's like, dude, like you ain't gotten picked up in three years. Like, what are we going to do here? Yeah. And they're, and they're coming to you saying, I'm going to get picked up this year? You know, it's the hope. It's the hope that they're going to play again because they're not ready to let go, right? Yeah. And I think that's the other thing, you know, and, and I could say this about myself. It's like having the strength to let go so you're not holding on too long, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, for them, I see that a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like, you got to let go so that you can move on to the next. But that goes back to your identity thing, right? Like yeah. they know one thing. You know, yeah. you spent your yeah. whole life on a thing and it's hard to to look outside those blinders. And like you said, father time catches everybody, right? Yeah. Eventually you have to transition to something else. But like you said, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, community, um, finding what you love to do outside of this. Is it buying homes? you know, flipping homes? Is it you want to go into the gym business? Um, do you want to go into coaching? Like there are things beyond the beyond game. Beyond the game, right? baby. Alex, you pay her to say that? I did not. You see how I can right? just flow. <laughs> yeah. You can't pay it's, somebody to do that. No. I think that's that's the whole purpose, right? Is Is trying to help people understand. I guess we have more of the wealth tilt. You're talking about a little bit of that, but also just personality. Like there's someone there, Alex, 31, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's 32. hard to, all right, 32, but he's a baby, right? Like I'm, I'm 43 and I feel like when I'm sitting with somebody, I'm like, your career is done. Right. You know, like his career is done. And in our world, and we were just talking about this is we're just ramping up, right? 30 to 35, you're still figuring out what you're going to be. And then, then you start to earn some money because you figured out like, all right, I'm good at this. I don't like doing that. Where these guys exactly. as athletes, you know, from 20 to 30, that's the money. And right. then, then you got to figure out, well, who am I going to be from 30 to 100? That's hard. Yeah. It's a hard transition to make. It's not, it's not easy. Yeah. But I love, I love your philosophy of the sport is a resource. It, it's, it's a philosophical way to think about it, but it's a resource that got you here and it's going to lead you to wherever you're going. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great way to think about it. <laughs> Alec, you got anything else for Lily? No, Lily, I really appreciate you again for coming on and wish I was there. 
But uh, no, you know, really I can't appreciate believe you're not your here. insight, everything that you share with us today. Um, if somebody's looking to find you, where can they get at you at? Just so we have it out there. Um, so Instagram okay. at Lily DSA Training is where most people find me. Okay, watch those videos. The one where she deeks out everybody. Basically, she lines up as oh. a wide receiver and has people play DB against her. is very impressive. <laughs> You need to put that one on the on. Did you have it on the ground where you uh shook? Uh, what's his name? Um, dang, what's his name? You remember you made him fall? Actually, I made and him fall. That was inside. Like he got, it's it's an older bit. You know, I can't remember his name. Dang, Kenny Ladler. I think so. I don't know. He's yeah, it was Kenny. It is Kenny. It is definitely Kenny. <laughs> It's yeah, but, it's kind uh, of funny. <laughs> yeah, again, like I said, we appreciate it. Thank you, Lily. You're welcome. It appreciate was a pleasure. It. It's a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on Beyond the Game. Please like, comment, and subscribe on all platforms. It really helps others find the show. And a special shout out to Open Heart Media who helps with the production. Check them out at openheartmediaco.com. 